Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sask Egg Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. This has been Brennan Jackson. Sask Egg Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Saskag Today. Coming up on today's program, producers can now submit applications for the 2023 Canada-Saskatchewan Feed Program through the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation website. However, there are a few strings attached. Sharing agricultural products to the world was one of the messages sent in yesterday's throne speech as well as from Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe. We'll hear about his take on agriculture heading into the next year. The latest Manitoba crop report is the last crop report of the year. We'll hear from James Fry, who is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Roblin, and he'll provide us with an update. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of Saskang Today. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. With Phil Spivak from Precision Weather, and Phil, once again, it's cloudy here in the Yorkton area, but it sounds like we could be getting a break from that soon. Yeah, there is some uh, sign of clearing. It is not uh, clearing in any sort of hurry because there's still a lot of moisture uh, with this system as it passes by, and it is passing by right now to our south. There is uh, some fairly steady, moderate snowfall. Uh, I guess it actually looks a little worse than it is, but it, well, it's October. It looks pretty bad. Uh, North Dakota across to Montana getting into the snow now. There is very little that is on this side of the border, but the cloud cover is uh, certainly not uh, not easing up just yet. The uh, storm system, the m- many storm systems that are in play uh, stretch from around the western Great Lakes back across the central U.S. and then curve back a little bit uh, toward the northern Rockies. We are really being influenced right now by a bit of a trough that is anchored off of an area of low pressure, which it looks like is just getting into Iowa. And it's stretching back northwest, and it's feeding the moisture across North Dakota and trying to actually push it a little farther northward. And that's why the cloud cover is having a hard time breaking up. It's not that the snow is going to get in here. It's not being pushed that firmly, but because of the flow of moisture against the way that everything is trying to move and the moisture is trying to clear out to the southeast, that extra northwesterly push is sort of blocking it. And that's why we're uh, under a fairly thick overcast, especially for areas south. That overcast much thicker south, uh, north and west, and especially heading northwest, not just looking that way, uh, we'll see a little more clearing because there is a fairly strong area of high pressure up that way. Uh, that is anchored to a, a very sprawling one, uh, starting to get into western Montana where it's strengthening, but extending all the way uh, through western parts of Alberta and most of British Columbia right now. 
So that is expanding eastward. It will clear us out, and we'll get into that air mass for a little while. The problem is there's still a very deep trough in the upper levels of the atmosphere. So even though the low levels with the surface high pressure are going to clear out, there's still going to be enough moisture in the air that we get the cloud cover filling in from time to time, maybe even some flurries. There is not going to be much significant snowfall. There may be through persistence uh, for Saturday, Saturday night, uh, even into Sunday, a centimeter or so. But this is not is uh, hours and hours building up to that. So again, nothing of any consequence. Today, as we break through, our temperatures don't move much. It's a minus three for the high at best. Cloud cover thickens back up tonight. Maybe a few flurries early tomorrow as well. Those flurries are possible. That should produce nothing. Uh, minus seven is the low. Minus two is the high tomorrow. The wind is not a big factor, which is uh, key. It, it's it's up. It's noticeable. It is present. It's not calm, uh, but it's not strong. So wind chill staying generally in the minus single numbers. Through the day tomorrow, minus two. Cloud cover still prevalent, even though high pressure builds in. Again, it doesn't really scour out that moisture. Minus three is the high on Saturday with some light snow and flurries. Sunday, Monday, not much change. The core of this cold air is going to really uh, pivot only slightly eastward. Another strong high builds across. Does nothing to change things up. We're still at minus two for Sunday and Monday. Watching some warm air trying to build in uh, may get here late week, but it's going to be a slow process to get it in here. That's Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. Temperatures around the region this hour. The Paw is at minus one degree. Swan River minus three. Dauphin and Brandon minus two. Show Lake Russell and Roblin minus five. Regina and Indian Head are at minus seven. Saskatoon and Winyard Wadena Kelvington minus five. Hudson Bay minus four. Broadview Mooseman minus six. The Yorkton Melville region has a cloudy sky. A north wind at 18 kilometers an hour. 61% is the relative humidity. The temperature is minus 4 degrees. With the wind chill, it feels more like minus 10 degrees. Yesterday, Yorkton reached a high of minus 4 degrees and dropped to a low of minus 12 degrees. There was no precipitation recorded in the 24-hour period ending at midnight last night. The normal high for this date is plus 5 degrees. The normal low is minus 5 degrees. The sun rose in Yorkton at 7.32 this morning, and it will set at 5.35 this afternoon. Extreme temperatures for Manitoba and Saskatchewan yesterday the Manitoba hot spot was Sprague at plus 5 degrees. The cold spot was Roblin at minus 11 degrees. The Saskatchewan hot spot yesterday was Island Falls at minus 2 degrees. The cold spot was Leader at minus 20 degrees. Welcome back to Saskag Today. Producers can now submit applications for the 2023 Canada-Saskatchewan Feed Program through the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation website. This program covers 70% of extraordinary costs related to feed and freight incurred after May 1st of 2023 through to the application deadline of March 1st, 2024. Producers will need to submit their receipts or appropriate documents for the extraordinary expenses. 
Eligible extraordinary expenses include purchased feed, self-hauling or transportation costs for feed or breeding animals, and or land rented for additional grazing acres or additional feed production. Eligible animal species include beef cattle and other grazing animals, limited to bison, elk, deer, sheep, goats, and horses. However, producers must have lost a minimum of 25 feed days. Provincial-only funding will be available for producers outside of the designated drought area. This program is designed to help retain breeding stock. Breeding animals include females and males of the reproductive age of the species. A Saskatchewan premises identification is required to be eligible for the program. The application process assists producers to determine if they have extraordinary expenses on their operation, including an extraordinary cost assessment. The submitted application needs to indicate the number of breeding animals on hand as of August 21, 2023, intended to be kept until January 31, 2024. Once again, the deadline to submit applications for the 2023 Canada-Saskatchewan Feed Program is March 1st of 2024. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94, Ag Review. Canola futures on the Intercontinental Exchange kicked off the week of October 23rd through the 27th with sharp losses as the most heavily traded January contract busted through its support level of $700 per metric ton. Among the reasons for canola's steep fall, as David Derwin pointed out, were the better-than-average yields from this year's prairie harvest. Derwin, a commodity futures advisor for PI Financial in Winnipeg, also cited the inability of the nearby November soybean contract to firmly remain above $13 U.S. per bushel at the Chicago Board of Trade. Derwin says the downward trend in canola won't last indefinitely and will eventually give way. But most likely before that were to occur, canola would become range-bound for upward of two to three months before breaking out. Pride Seeds is moving away from a sole distribution model and towards an ag retail network model for Western Canada. The move will increase the locations farmers can find Pride Seeds corn product portfolio. In 2019, Pride Seeds announced Canterra Seeds as the exclusive distributor of its corn and soy lines in the West. In addition, the company has announced Sarah Meidlinger as its new Western sales manager. Brianne Ray and Aidan Philipchuk will serve as Western sales agronomists. Decisive Farming and Grain Fox have announced a new partnership to combine digital grain trade and selling options for Canadian farmers. Grain Fox, a provider of digital agricultural and financial tools, delivers data-driven insights to farmers through a mobile or desktop interface. It provides marketing insights and crop sales recommendations customized to each farm business. Grain Fox says by integrating this tool with decisive farming capabilities such as Farm at Hand, all data will be accessible and optimizable so customers can cut through the clutter 
and make more informed decisions. Through this partnership, Decisive Farming will grow its agriculture product offerings to ensure all its customers have access to the best tools and technology to accelerate their operations, while GrainFox will be able to reach more customers and ensure its market expertise supports farmers from bin to bank. Avian flu has been detected in birds at a second commercial poultry operation in Chilliwack, B.C. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency says the infection was confirmed Tuesday, four days after another farm was quarantined and its flock was ordered destroyed to halt the spread of the highly infectious illness. The two outbreaks are the first in B.C. since April, as wild birds are blamed for carrying the H5N1 strain of the virus around the world, spreading it to domestic flocks through contact in shared ponds or fields. Before October, the agency says B.C. had seen 104 infections since last year, forcing the culling of more than 3.5 million birds. An area of land in Ukraine roughly 20% larger than the state of Iowa is riddled with landmines and unexploded devices that will need to be cleared before it can safely be farmed again. That's the assessment and challenge ahead for groups looking to go into Ukraine and reclaim farmland even as war continues in the country. Throughout its history, the World Food Prize has been awarded to crop readers, scientists, nutrition advocates or policymakers who focus on reducing hunger. This year's laureate, Heidi Kuhn, was honoured for her work over the past 25 years to help remove mines in rural war-torn areas and redevelop agriculture in those regions with her group, Roots for Peace. Ambassador Ken Quinn, retired president of the World Food Prize, says he was thrilled the organization had chosen to recognize one of the most important and noble things possible in ridding the world of killer landmines. And be sure to listen to the latest Sask Ag Today podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to Saskag Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's cloudy and minus 4 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. Sharing agricultural products with the world was one of the messages sent in yesterday's throne speech, as well as from Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe. The speech noted 2022 was a record year for agri-food exports and is on track to set more records this year. In the first six months of 2023, exports were up to $10 billion, a 35% increase from the previous year. In a news conference following the throne speech, Premier Mo said the Saskatchewan party government will introduce a new investment attraction strategy 
to make the province a more viable market to do business with. Not only primary production, but also uh, the value-added agriculture industry, which brings your market closer to home. And when we look at uh, market access and market resilience, um, or the resilience of that access, it's a different world when you're exporting ingredients versus exporting uh, raw agricultural products. And so I would say uh, the next great opportunity that we have in agriculture and in ensuring that Saskatchewan agriculture is not only producing uh, some of the most competitively priced uh, food products and ingredients, um, some of the most sustainable uh, food products and ingredients, um, but also some of the highest quality uh, food products and ingredients well into the future is to ensure that we're climbing that value chain and offering uh, those ingredients as opposed to um, traditional raw agricultural products. It provides jobs uh, here, often jobs in, in rural areas of Saskatchewan as well as in urban centres and we're seeing that with some of the canola crush uh, facilities uh, that are being built today and some of those that are coming. Um, but most certainly uh, it provides you as a primary producer uh, the very market resilience and access that we um, have been talking about uh, in Saskatchewan for years. Secondarily to that, I would say, regardless of where you might uh, think personally uh, when it comes to sustainable food production, Saskatchewan agricultural producers can hold their head very high as they produce some of the most sustainable food that you can find on earth. I know that your government is taking uh, the ag industry as well as the energy and mining industries uh, to the, the very centre of that conversation uh, in, in COP28 and talking uh, to the world not only about what we produce, uh, but talking to the world about how we produce it. Um, with the low carbon content, if, if that is what your country and your, uh, our purchasers um, truly care about, uh, they should actually buy more from Saskatchewan. The COP28 conference, also known as the United Nations Climate Change Conference, is set for November 30th to December 12th in Dubai. Mo will be leading a delegation of Saskatchewan companies to promote the province's products and to build connections to other markets. Other agriculture-related notes from the speech include a target to irrigate an additional 8,500 acres per year under the Growth 2030 plan. The government notes a doubling of that target this year of 15,000 new irrigable acres and claims to be on track to meet its 2030 target. They also noted 34,000 acres have been irrigated since 2020. And it's time now for the livestock market conditions. Their presentation of Heartland Livestock in Yorkton. Livestock market conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for December closed at 179.32, down 10. February live cattle closed at 180.40, down 110. November feeder cattle closed at 236.50, down 155. January feeder cattle closed at 235.07, down 147. December lean hogs closed at 68.62, that's up 112. February lean hogs closed at 71.82, also up 112. And that's the livestock market conditions. Now it's time for the Heartland Livestock Report from Yorkton. Good afternoon. This is Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of October the 25th. A bit of a smaller sale here due to the poor road conditions in our area, but still managed to have a 2,300 head pre-short, 280 cows and bulls, a total of 2,580 for the day. 
Cows and bulls selling steady with last week. D1, D2 cows, 129 to 139. Sales to 144, 145. D3 cows, 121 to 129. Older type, thinner, weaker, blemish cows, 50 to 90. Cows are averaging 130. From that good Buchanan area, 1,700-pound cows topped out at 147.50. Good bulls, 150 to 160. Sales to 162, 163. Bulls are averaging 156. From that good Ituna area, 2,100-pound bulls, there are three of them in the ring. They topped out at 167.75. A job all done there. On to the pre-sort sale. With all these calves moving across Western Canada and the futures were lower this week, these calves are selling under pressure to lower. By saying that, still an attractive market to sell in. Listen up. 425-pound tan steers, 491. 500-pound black steers, 428. 575-pound red-black exotic steers, there was 86 in this package. They topped out at 395. 650-pound red-black exotic steers, there was 84 in this group. They topped out at 366. My favorite pen, 710-pound black steers, 363. The 780s at 360, the 850-pound steers at 332. Didn't have many yearling steers here this week. On to the heifer market, 355-pound tan heifers at 386. The 425s at 380. We had some one-owner tan heifers at 500 pounds. They topped that at 348. The 575-pound heifers, 317. The 650s at 306. The 710s at 294. And 780-pound heifers at 284. We had some yearling heifers here, 850-pound yearling heifers, 258, and the 950-pound heifers at 255. Highlight of the morning: 46 little steers, 340 pounds. They topped out at 525, and 710-pound red-black exotic steers. They topped out at 364. I would say this calf market still bringing a good dollar. Next week, November 1st sale, featuring speckled park calves, but all breeds are welcome. And last Friday, we had our cheap lamb goat sale with 1,460 head, 50-pound wool lambs at 202, 70-pound wool lambs $2, 90-pound wool lambs at 197. We had some call use anywhere from 85 to 95. Had some kid goats here, 70-pounders. They traded for $200 a piece. Some 90 kid goats, 90 pound kid goats, $225 a piece. And some nanny goats, anywhere from 180 to $220 a piece. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. And it's time now to check in once again with Tanya Cherry. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. The last Manitoba crop report of the year suggests harvest progress in our neighboring province is at 96%, which is ahead of the five-year average of 90%. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Roblin, and he focuses on the northwest region of the province. Yeah, we are very close to wrapped up ourselves as well. We're at, sitting at 98%, and... Uh, that uh, really the notable crops still left out in the field. 95% of canola has been harvested and about 90% of soybeans have been harvested as well as approximately 85% of the flax acres. So that really leaves just those, those few fields out there, uh, which is good news because it's time to put the sandals and shorts away with the snow on the ground. So, you know, the, that uh, Manitoba average at 96% 
again, that's just lagging a little behind the Northwest because there's more grain corn and sunflowers in those other parts of the province. Yeah, just to kind of give a bit of a summary of what we've looked at this year, um, you know, one thing that really stands out as, as notable is that we've had some extreme heat and extreme precipitation, or I guess lack thereof. If you kind of do a, an average of the uh, the weather stations that we have in the northwest here, we can see that we've had about 116% of the normal amount of heat that we get on a 30-year average. So that's, you know, obviously 16% hotter uh, overall than we normally see. The precipitation, on the other hand, has been six, only 66% of what we normally get in a year. Some of the sites that uh, we've taken from, you know, for example, um, in the Paw, we see uh, that that was as high as 35% warmer than normal. And in sites like Grandview, uh, they only received 58% of the normal rainfall. So that does help to explain some of what we saw over the year. You know, of course, that is going to vary almost from one field to the next with the way that thunderstorms work. But uh, some of those variable yields we saw, especially for crops like canola, are, are really going to be accounted for by, particularly by the lack of moisture that we had. He believes that some of the crops that are still out will be harvested yet this fall. I think there's a good good chance that uh, a lot of that will come off. Those canola acres, you know, certainly this wouldn't be the first time that canola is coming off with a with a dusting of snow on it or even a lot of snow sometimes. And uh, soybeans, they're shorter crops, so that's a little more time sensitive perhaps. But I think certainly there's a good good reason to think that even in the next couple of weeks here as things kind of dry out uh, that we would we would get those those off. Fry says getting snow on the crops in northwest Manitoba this week shouldn't affect quality too much. It's possible but I I think overall we've actually seen some very good crop quality you know if we're going to give kind of a summary of of yields and quality the spring wheat uh, we we sort of average that out in the region at about 60 to 70 bushels and that has come out to about 70 percent one uh, CW, 25%, two CW, and only 5% is feed. There is a bit of, of protein variance in some of the drier areas. We see that protein was, was lower. And uh, for barley, about 70 to 80 bushels average. Some, of course, was lower, you know, depending on the, the moisture. And 100% of that has come in at two CW. Oats are sitting at 80 to 90 bushels, uh, some lower as well. Uh, 80% of that is 2CW and uh, the rest at 3CW. Canola is quite uh, variable where we've seen, you know, yields as low as 35 to 40 bushels, as high as 65 to 70. So that's probably in those optimal areas where they just got all all the rain that that the neighbors didn't. And 95% of that is at uh, 1 Canada, so the remainder at, at 2 Can. Peas were um, also quite variable. They kind of matured right in the middle of that, uh, you know, those very fluctuating uh, rain in some fields, rain uh, missing in other fields, and also the the big temperature swings. So we saw 35 to 40 bushels on average there for lower-yielding fields and 65 to 70 for higher fields, with 100% of that coming in at 2 cam. And soybeans also uh, a bit of variability as... Uh, they did or did not receive those uh, later season rains with 45 to 50 bushels per acre, kind of as an average, and all of that coming in so far at, at 
uh, toucan. So that's that's good news, I think, for yields despite the, the weather that we've had. He believes that a lot of winter cereals were seeded this fall as well. Yeah, we actually anticipate sort of a peak or a, um, an increase, I should say, uh, in in seeded areas for that. And uh, actually, uh, of note, actually, you know, we see if we look compare 2023 to the to the previous year, 2022, for seeded acres, uh, it is interesting to note that although winter wheat, spring wheat, um, barley, and canola were roughly the same, we did see some some increases and decreases in seeded acres. So provincially, we saw about a 60% increase in soybean acres, uh, and that came at the expense primarily of oats, flax, peas, and rye, which you know kind of dropped somewhere between 25 and 50% depending on the crops. So the producers out there must have had a premonition that the yields would be good for soybeans this year. So we kind of made a, probably made a good choice for uh, the yields that we've been seeing. Fry also has some news for livestock producers. You know, I think that uh, we've all known that uh, when it's dry, it it typically makes for challenging conditions in pasture. Uh, We did see um, that regrowth was real, you know, slow and sluggish or completely absent in some pastures, which certainly made a risk of overgrazing. Flies have been a challenge, um, some water challenges here and there, but uh, hay supply, and the good news is that hay supply Overall, there's about a, uh, producers are reporting about 40% of them have a surplus of hay, 50% are, are adequate, and only 10% are short. And uh, straw is also in good supply, and silage yielded somewhere in that 15 tons per acre range on average. So th- that's good news for feed supply over the winter, and I think we'll you know just pray for rain next year and keep going from there. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture, based in Roblin. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed down across the board today. November canola closed at 6.6690, down $11.20. January canola closed at 6.8210, down $11.80. December Minneapolis wheat closed at 724 and a quarter. That's up three and a half cents. December Kansas City wheat closed at 654 and three quarters, up five and three quarters of a cent. December Chicago wheat closed at 579 and a half, up 11 cents. December corn closed at 479 and a quarter down three-quarters of a cent. November soybeans closed at 12.79 and a half. That's down eight and three-quarters of a cent. December oats closed at 3.97 and a quarter, up four cents. And that's the commodities update. Please stay tuned. SaskAg Today will continue right after these messages. Farm Bulletin Board. A reminder once again that the 34th annual Grain Millers Harvest Showdown is coming up in Yorkton next week. It runs from Wednesday, November 1st to Saturday, November 4th. There will be a free admission to Harvest Showdown as well as the trade show. There's also a grain show, forage show, pedigreed seed show, breeder's alley, 
cattle show and sale, a chore team competition, horse pulls, ranch rodeo, stock dog competition, school tours, 4-H clinics, a senior supper and dance, mutton busting, professional bull riding, that'll be on Friday, November 3rd and Saturday, November 4th, both nights starting at 7 o'clock at the Westland Insurance Arena. Tickets are available now at the Yorkton Exhibition office, or you can go online at uh, to find out more about that. There will also be a cabaret on Friday night, as well as a cabaret on Saturday night. So a very busy week coming up next week here in Yorkton. It's the 34th annual Grain Millers Harvest Showdown. Manitoba Beef Producers Fall District Meetings will be getting underway here right away. In fact, there's one coming up on October 30th. That's on Monday at the uh, District 12 meeting at the St. Rose du Lac Community Hall. The director there will be Mark Good. So there, well, that will be coming up as well. Right now, the 50th Annual AgEx Nationals are underway in Brandon at the Keystone Centre. It runs uh, from yesterday through till the 28th, which is Saturday. And you can come visit Manitoba's largest all-breed cattle show. So if you're looking for something to do in between shows, there's a number of events going on there. There's the trade show, which is showcasing exhibitors from all across Canada. It's free for all to attend, located in City Square. You can also check out Party in the Dirt, featuring live music from Hicktown. That's coming up tomorrow night from 8 until midnight. $10 per ticket, and you must be 18-plus to attend. And that's all the time we have for the Farm Bulletin Board. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Thin cloud turning to sunshine, winds northwest at 10 to 20 and a high of minus 3 degrees. For tonight, increasing cloud with a 20% chance of flurries, winds west-northwest at 10 to 20, a low of minus 7. For tomorrow, mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries, winds northwest at 15 to 25, a high of minus 2, an overnight low of minus 7. For Saturday, a 40% chance of light snow and flurries with 1 centimeter possible. Winds west-northwest at 10 to 20 and a high of minus 3. For Sunday, mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries, a high of minus 2. And Monday, mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries, also a high of minus 2. In the Paw, it's minus 1 degree. Swan River is at minus 3. Dauphin and Brandon, minus 2. Show Lake Russell and Roblin, minus 5. Regina and Indian Head are at minus 7. Saskatoon, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington, minus 5. Hudson Bay, minus 4. Broadview, Mooseman, minus 6. The Yorkton, Melville region has a cloudy sky. A north wind at 18 kilometers an hour. 61% is the relative humidity. 
The temperature is minus 4 degrees. With the wind chill, it feels more like minus 10 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for Saskag today for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. Saskag Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.